the burial of Jesus. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had at first come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a hundred pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices in linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. The final part of our story and the final part of our devotion this Good Friday must look forward. We have identified with the disciples, but we are not the disciples. We know the great final act and the ending. The death of Jesus accomplishes a great mystery. It did not seem so at the time. The proof and the power of the cross is made clear in the events of Easter Day. And so at the end of Good Friday, Jesus has given up his life. The soldiers ensure that he is dead. His legs are not broken, but his side is pierced with a spear. It is then, when there is no one else, when almost all have departed, that John introduces two more unlikely heroes in his story, two secret disciples. Joseph of Arimathea is a secret disciple because of his fear of the Jews. He is a person of influence. He knows Pilate. He is probably in the second half of life. He has made provision for his burial. He is wealthy. He owns a new grave close to the city walls. With him comes Nicodemus, who came first to Jesus by night, also an old man, also a secret disciple, also a person of wealth, also afraid. These two scholars, and we presume friends, are able to act even in the midst of the grief and disappointment which has overtaken the other disciples. They perform an act of love for Jesus their Lord, in whom they had such hope. They bring a great quantity of spices, this anointing mirrors the one by Mary, the sister of Lazarus, in John 12. They take him to a garden, which will become the most significant garden in the whole of history. They wash the body together, saying prayers for the dead and grieving. They wrap the body in spices and in linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. They place the body on the shelf in the cool cave. One of them, as a final act in the silence, places a linen cloth over the face they know so well and love so dearly. We can imagine they bow in the quietness, weeping, and retreat into the cool of the evening, not lingering as the Sabbath is about to begin. Carefully, they roll the stone 
across the mouth of the cave and depart. We know, because we know the end of the story, that all of this gentle work is about to be undone. All of the sad and violent work of Good Friday will be unravelled. All of that hatred will be overcome. On the Sabbath, the great day of recreation, all lies still and undisturbed. This Easter tide, our whole country, our whole world, is in this Holy Saturday. But in the second night, as the world sleeps, the great reversal will begin. The stone will be rolled away. The linen bandages and spices will be unravelled and folded and set apart. The shroud by tradition, bearing the imprint of his face, will be set to one side. The marks of the spear and the nails will remain, but the flesh of Jesus will be healed. The ravages of crucifixion will be gone. Death has not been reversed, but conquered, journeyed through to the other side. Life is restored. Decay is arrested. Warmth returns. There will be movement and laughter and tears of joy, and nothing will ever be the same. The plots of the priests are turned back against them, one man has indeed died for the sake of the people, and God has raised him from the dead. The injustice of Pilate and the cruelty of the soldiers has been transfigured for a greater good. The mockery and the fickleness of the crowds sounds hollow in the face of this victory. God's love made flesh has given his life, and life through him has been returned to him and to all of humankind. We leave these hours of devotion with much to ponder. We have kept our vigil this Good Friday in our different ways at the foot of the cross. We have come to see the Son of God and wonder at the gift of his life. We have reflected on the cup which the Father gives him to drink, on the courtyard where his friend denied him, on the custom of the unjust judge offering a guilty man his freedom in place of Jesus. We have pondered the crown of thorns placed on the head of the king as he assumes his kingdom, on the cross where Jesus of his own accord gave up his life and accomplished the salvation of the world, and on the cave where he is laid in anticipation of the third day and of the new song we will sing on Easter morning. We leave these reflections with much to think about, with a deeper understanding of God's love, of our complete forgiveness, of his sacrifice, and of the hope of resurrection. There is a place in the company of God's people for those who deny him, for those who stand far off and watch, for those who run at first sign of trouble for secret disciples who come good in the end, 
for those who simply love him and want to be near him. But we end these reflections, I hope, even in this year, with hearts tingling with anticipation, not cast down by the solemn events we have rehearsed, but deepened by them, with our minds on tiptoe, straining forward to catch the first sound of Alleluia, with faith in the resurrection stirring once again as we will prepare to celebrate the great gift of new life in all its fullness. The story has been told, but it is not yet complete. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Let us pray. Almighty Father, look with mercy on this your family, for which our Lord Jesus Christ was content to be betrayed and given up into the hands of sinners and to suffer death upon the cross, who is alive and glorified with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. God sent his Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Therefore we pray, especially at this time, to our Heavenly Father. Each intercession will end with the words, Lord, hear us, to which we respond, Lord, graciously hear us. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Let us pray for the ministry of the Church of God throughout the world, for unity in faith, in witness and in service, for the ministry of our bishops, our ministers, ministry teams and all those whom they serve. Let us pray for those for whom persecution for their faith is as present as the threat of coronavirus. We pray that God will confirm his church in the faith, increase it in love and preserve it in peace. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Let us pray for the nations of the world and their leaders, 
for Elizabeth, our Queen, for all our Ministers of Parliament, and for their medical advisers. We pray also for our emergency services, for those who serve in public office, for care workers and key workers, but especially for every member of the National Health Service. Lord, sustain them in their vocations. May they know your loving presence at this time. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. On this day, we pray for God's ancient people, the Jews, the first to hear his word. We pray for greater understanding between Christian and Jew, for the removal of our blindness and bitterness of heart, that God will grant us grace to be faithful to his covenant and to grow in the love of his name. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Let us pray for all those who are suffering because of the coronavirus at this time, for those who are sick in their home and those who are in hospital, for those who are at risk and in isolation, for those in darkness, in doubt and in despair, in loneliness and in fear, for all who are close to death and those who watch beside them, for those unable to be the, beside the loved ones at this time. That God in his mercy will hold and sustain them through his love. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Let us pray to the God who is greater than all our Good Fridays, placing into his care those who have died and those who are grieving the loss of loved ones. Give hope, Lord, in a journey through the darkness to those who cannot see beyond this day. We commend ourselves and all God's children to his unfailing love and pray for the grace of a holy life that we may come to the fullness of eternal life and the joy of the resurrection. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Amen. Standing at the foot of the cross, as our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and for ever. Amen. And so we've travelled together from one garden to another. From the garden of Jesus' arrest and his agony and prayers 
to the garden where his body is laid in the tomb after his crucifixion. We've shared in that journey together and in our reflections and prayers, together as God's family, even those separated from one another. We found in the story, I hope and pray, resources for our anxiety and our fear and all the other emotions rushing through our minds as we consider the crisis in the world. But today and this garden are not the end of the story. We look forward together to Easter Day and Easter morning and to our celebration that in the midst of this world of sorrow and difficulty and pain, Jesus Christ is risen. First we journey together with all the world through Holy Saturday, the time between cross and resurrection. We've seen all that Jesus has done and the ways that Jesus has loved and we look forward together to all that will be. May God bless you and your family this Good Friday and be with you through these unique celebrations of Holy Week. <laughs>